Well, things are changing in BC politics. It's going to be a big week, too, for that. Let's find out more about it. Here's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, so things are going to change. Yeah, yeah, I've been joking about the party formerly known as the BC Liberals for a while because they decided back in January to change their name to BC United. Been wondering when they're going to do it. So on Thursday, party leader Kevin Falcon met with the news media over at the legislature and he said, this is the last time I'm going to be addressing you as leader of the BC Liberals. And he went, why, you're quitting already? No, 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 just kidding. He's changing the name. The name change is happening Wednesday night at 6 o'clock in a big rally at, uh, where are we, a hotel in Surrey. The hmm. Yeah, you know, the big uh, Sheraton there uh, in Guilford. So yes. that's the name change is happening. There's going to be new colors. There's going to be new logos. There's going to be a brand change. And I think Falcon is hoping for a maximum publicity splash. Uh, he's doing it at 6 o'clock. Isn't that sort of when the news hour well, goes on? that's convenient, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's just a coincidence. But also, why Surrey? Like, he's clearly cho- choosing this location for a reason. Well, you know, very interesting. I, the Liberals' loss of Surrey in the 2017 and 2020 elections is a, seen as like a personal affront to Falcon. He was going back to the 90s, a major organizer out there for the BC Liberals. He was an MLA from Cloverdale for hmm, 10 years. And when he left politics in 2013, the Liberals were still the dominant political party in Surrey. So, of course, now seven of nine MLAs from Surrey are new Democrats. And I think what we're seeing here is Falcons decided that task number one in rebuilding the party's chances in the next provincial election is a strategy to win back Surrey. He um, I'm pretty sure that's why he's chosen uh, to launch his rebranding of the party in Surrey. That's so interesting, though, because if you look back at why Surrey drifted away from the B.C. Liberals, there were some reasons for that. One, frustration over schools not being built. Two, yep. the Portman Bridge toll. That yes, was a which huge was a aspect. Falcon creation. Yeah. Is, uh, gee, I expect the New Democrats might mention that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> time interesting. Uh, in the legislature, the so the announcement, the advance notice to the news media was last Thursday. In the legislature on Wednesday, Falcon got up, uh, MLAs do this, and they introduce guests. So he introduced guests, Karim Alam, who ran Falcon's leadership campaign and also Mayor Ken Sims' campaign in Vancouver. And another name, uh, Diane Watts was there, and he said, having political meetings with us. So um, if you're thinking of rebuilding in Surrey under the name United, um, you could do worse than try to recruit Diane Watts to get her to return to provincial politics or to politics, because she really was the last mayor of Surrey who could claim to lead a United slate across the political spectrum. She left the mayor's office in Surrey. She went on to Ottawa briefly, came back, sought the liberal leadership, didn't get it, left politics. But 
you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that she was in the public gallery and in Victoria to meet with Kevin Falcon the day before this announcement. I am sure if she were interested in coming back to provincial politics, Falcon would be delighted to have her as a B, uh, well, a BC United. I have <laughs> yeah. to learn to stop saying that. Yeah. As a BC United candidate in Surrey. So I think, again, you're starting to see a Falcon strategy play out here. Well, 30 years is a long time to be saying BC Liberal, right? So it's going to take some time to get you set. So what are some of the other candidates that you've heard about? Uh, I have not heard an awful lot yet. They they held off, Simi, actively recruiting candidates because, uh, first of all, they didn't know what their name was going to be going into an election because they thought there was a chance of a snap election this spring. So they held off recruitment. We're also changing the election boundaries. So you'd be recruiting somebody to run in a riding that may not exist at the next election. So I think the thing we're seeing, and Falcon got asked this on Thursday, Uh, The Liberals have accepted that Premier David Eby meant what he said when he repeatedly ruled out the idea of calling a snap election this spring. Falcon was asked about that. He said, does this mean you you take the Premier's word for it? There isn't going to be one. And he said, well, um, the Premier has ruled it out so many times that... um, he would call his own integrity into question if he changed his mind at this late date. Well, I think you can probably imagine, Simi, that the Liberals, um, under their old name, have saved pretty much every clip of every time David Eby said that, and they're saving it, and that would be their first election ad if he changes his mind. You can't believe anything this guy said, because he said he wasn't going to hold an early election, and now look what he's done. Okay. (laughs) Politics. Well, no kidding. So there's that going on. And speaking of politics, what the heck is going on with the BC Green Party, Vaughn? Well, (laughs) Andrew Weaver uh, left the party leadership before the 2020 election. He endorsed John Horgan for premier, and he then went back to his teaching and researching job at the University of Victoria, where he's a climate scientist. But he has maintained a blog, um, a uh, andrewweaver.com website. Uh, He's on Twitter, and periodically he weighs in with what's on his mind. You know how eminently quotable Andrew Weaver was as a green leader. Well, he hasn't lost his touch. I see him on the weekend. He is out, Simi, apologizing to the people of British Columbia for inflicting the Green Party on them. And what prompted this is he's absolutely appalled by the Green Party's latest attack on Dr. Bonnie Henry and public health anti- or COVID measures here in British Columbia. This one's got to hurt, Simi. He says that the Greens' attitude on COVID science reminds him of climate deniers, people who don't accept the scientific evidence in front of them. 
So this is a pretty brutal attack. It's there on Twitter. Uh, go to andrewweaver.com you can, or, or his Twitter account. You can see it. And he's provoked, of course, a huge debate among Greens who've taken deep offense at this, not surprisingly. But uh, Andrew Weaver still stirring things up. He certainly is. Like, what has the response been from, like, Sonia Furstenau and the others from that? Well, I haven't seen Sonia Furstenau on it, but uh, I see uh, Green supporters saying uh, this is appalling. Uh, we made you. You didn't make us. Um, quoting the scientific minority that is concerned about uh, about COVID. Weaver, Weaver posted some stats from an opinion poll um, a couple, um, I guess, back in the first year of the pandemic, showing that uh, most supporters of most parties in the country accepted right. the science, but the Greens did not. A bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, some of them thought it was a hoax. I, the thing about the Greens, and Weaver's talked about this in the past, is they don't like big companies. They don't like big pharma. Um, so, yes, they accept the science on climate change, but right. they don't accept the science on uh, GMOs, and uh, a bunch of them don't accept the science uh, uh, on vaccines. Oh, so, BC uh, that's, politics. That's where it comes from. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Okay, bye bye.